So our scripture today was out of 2 Kings chapter 23, and I, I like the very last part of that where it says all people, all the people joined in the covenant. Uh, in the days of Israel, uh, they knew that it was important for unity's sake, that all the people join in um, in the covenant. And so today, we're going to be talking about John Wesley's uh, covenant renewal service. Um, he did a covenant renewal service every year around the first uh, first of January. It was the first Sunday closest to the first of January, and so today actually happens to be January 1, 2017. So this is the time of year when most people are thinking about New Year's resolutions and thinking about hitting the gym again and doing all those things. And the difference, the difference today, though, as we get into this, is that uh, what John Wesley knew whenever he was talking about renewing the covenant, going back through our vows, not only as Methodists but as Christian, is that he, he highly depended and wanted us all to, to know uh, that we need to highly depend on the Lord to keep the, our covenant with him. Um, that's why New Year's resolutions oftentimes don't work because they, they play into our own self-discipline. And, you know, our own self-discipline will take us so far. And then normally by February 1, it's worn out. And so same is true in our spiritual life. We can't do this on our own. We have to depend highly on God's grace. But I just want to say that because covenant's a serious word. And it's not something to be taken lightly. Um, in our culture, promises and covenant and things like that are, are held very loosely. It's, yeah, I promise. I mean, until I'm tired of it and I want to walk away. God takes covenant very serious. With that being said, I know some, some of you take covenant very serious. And we're going to do a, 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 a part of this where it's responsive. So I'll say some things and you'll follow me in prayer. And so I'm not going to preach for very long. Uh, but we'll, we'll spend some time in prayer near the end. And, uh, but I want you to know that I take, I take covenant very, um, very seriously as well. I don't want you to pray these things um, haphazardly. But I also want you to know that when I'm asking you to follow me in prayer, I also realize that it doesn't just depend on your own self-discipline. So don't hesitate if you're like, I don't know if I can do this. You can't. Let's just go ahead and get that out up front. We can't. But. As a people of God, we need to do what the Lord has asked us to do, to live how he asks us to live. And so I want us to renew our covenant today with the understanding that it's by his grace that we do so. So I'm going to open us in prayer <clears throat> as we get going and, uh, and ask the Lord to lead us. Let's pray. God, you search our hearts. Lord, you see every part of us. All our desires are known to you, Lord. Nothing is hidden. You have, we have no secrets from you, God. Uh, and by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that you would cleanse each and every one of us so completely that we may more perfectly love and glorify you and your holy name. And Lord, we pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all God's people said, amen. So today, uh, water brought to you by FUMC Youth. Um, these, are, these are some... I'm sorry, i got to have an ADHD moment here. Charlie made some, some water bottles up for, for some of the people that volunteer to help, help the youth in the scriptures. Uh, respect your elders out of 2 Kings 2, 23 through 24. Anybody know what that scripture is? It's where Elijah's walking, walking uh, to a city and, and some youths are following him and they're like, hey, baldy, hey, baldy. They're calling him bald head and then he calls some bears out of the woods to chop them all up. That's how we roll here at FUMC. Bears and children, yes. But anyway, so as we, 
as we start today, I told you it was ADHD. Um, as we start today, we're going to be talking about covenant and the power behind adjusting our lives. Um, the power behind uh, adjusting and realigning our lives with Scripture. Um, in 1775, John Wesley, uh, the founder of the Methodist Church, introduced what he called a covenant service, and he believes it should be an ongoing an important part of the spiritual life within the Methodist societies. And uh, this covenant of, of renewal or this renewal service was a time of, of self-examination. It was time to gather for reflection and dedication. It was a time to wholly recommit to God. Um, it was a time of renewing their covenant to be a people fully given over to the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, it was a time of repentance, of returning, of confession, and recommitting our lives to the central aspect of service to God. And according to Wesley's journal, um, the service was observed typically on or nearest the first Sunday in January. And so here we find ourselves at the beginning of a new year, 2017. Um, some people rejoicing, some scared to death, um, some only thinking of politics, others thinking of social change. Um, but for the Christian, and let me be very specific today when I say Christian, <clears throat> I mean those that ascribe to Christian orthodoxy, those conforming their lives to the Christian faith as it's been represented in the creeds of the early church and handed down for 2,000 years. So Jesus Christ forward, okay? I'm not talking about the watered-down-in-name-only cultural Christian that's blown about by every wind of doctrine. I'm not interested in trying to make Jesus or the Christian faith fit nicely or neatly into my culture, into my life, into my political leanings into my likes or my dislikes. Um, that doesn't interest me. I'm not interested in a faith that I cram uh, Scripture into my life and make Scripture fit around how I'm living. It is the Word of God, and it is its truth, and my life must adjust to it. And so, for context today, when I address the Christian, I'm presupposing a people that are actively attempting to align themselves to Scripture, and to the creedal Christian faith as it's been handed down for the past 2,000 years. And today, January 1, 2017, we must commit ourselves to living far above the fray of this world's culture. Uh, this means we're not to be a people drawn in or known primarily by what we protest or by our clever Facebook posts. Christians that are look like Christ and we are to behave like Jesus and we don't bully and we don't demand our way. But as followers of the way, we must not be deceived into a bland, all-inclusive, melting pot of one world religion. To be Christian is to believe in the one true God um, as he identifies himself in Scripture. It is to be distinct. It is, according to Matthew 5, 13, and 14. It is to be salt and it is to be light. We are to add flavor. We are to preserve. Uh, we are to reflect. We are to bring light where there is darkness. And we are to be, listen, we are to be humbly set apart unto God and his service. And we're to acknowledge, uh, acknowledging that for those that follow Christ in creed and in our actions and our deeds, there is a right and there is a wrong way to live our lives. James 4.17 says, Remember, it is 
sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. And by sin, sin in, in, uh, means to miss the mark, amartia, means to miss the mark. Um, and I just went ahead and expounded on that a little. It's, it's a perpetual habit that misses the mark or doesn't line up with the teachings of Scripture as demonstrated by Jesus. And so we are to remember uh, it is sin to, to, to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Isaiah 5, 20, 21 says, and this applies, it applied then and it applies so much to our culture now. What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil. The dark is light and light is dark. That bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. For the Christian, there is one Lord and one way to God the Father, and his name is Jesus. Acts 2, 11 through 12 says, For Jesus is the one referred to in the scripture, where it says, The stone that you builders uh, rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Jesus, when he was speaking to Thomas in John 14, 6, told him, he said, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Paul said in 1 Timothy 2, 5 through 7, for there is one God, one mediator, who can reconcile God and humanity. The man, Christ Jesus, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. Now everyone, that's where it becomes all-inclusive. Everyone is offered the opportunity, but it's everyone's offered the opportunity. And you must come in and you must believe these tenets. It's not believe what you want. It's not wrap scripture into your life. It is my life given for what Jesus said was the truth. And Paul goes on to say, this is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And I have been chosen as a preacher and apostle to teach the Gentiles. That means those not in the covenant currently. This message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating. I'm just telling the truth. That's Paul's words. And basically Paul is saying that Christianity has a specific set of beliefs about God, about Jesus, and how we should live as his followers. And if you can't swallow that, take up golf. Because Christianity without orthodoxy is a, is a ridiculous hobby. I've said that before. But Christianity lived hodgepodge in any old way we think it's good. Is not Christianity. And it's really a silly hobby. Um, and Paul in verse 7, he says, I'm not exaggerating, I'm just telling you the truth. And Paul wore the marks of being a truth teller on his, in his physical body. He was beaten. Uh, he was driven out of cities, eventually killed for his faith. Uh, and it's because he made a lot of pretenders and he made a lot of religious folks really, really mad. Uh, many religious people today have the same problem. They want a relative truth, no moral absolutes, and a nice safe God that can fully and logically be understood and, and no mystery. But that's not faith. Now, faith is not illogical, but faith has mystery. And so we, however, we must be committed as Christians to living our faith in Christ and committing ourselves to his ongoing discipleship in Christ-like character. Much like our Syrian brothers, our Coptic brothers, our Iraqi Christian brothers, who are suffering tremendously for holding on 
to this orthodoxy. We too must have this ongoing discipleship and Christ-like character, even to our own peril and at the expense of our own comfort and our own lives. When Jesus stood before Pilate, he said, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. And so, Jesus says these words, and it's, it's words that we need to hear today. My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. My kingdom is not left or right. My kingdom is not conservative or liberal. Oh, Romans, so it's the middle way. It's the moderate. It's not our system. It's upside down. It's inside out. It's not of this world. And many of us try to fit this neatly into compartments within our lives. But you, do you realize we are the ones that must fit Scripture? And so the, when he says, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom, if it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders, but my kingdom is not of this world. Our kingdom's not of this world. We must adjust. And so, see, this Christian life is a life found in Christ, and on one side of the covenant stands God, who gives us new life in Jesus the Messiah. And on the other side, we stand as those who promise to no longer live for ourselves, but instead to only live for Jesus. Because he loved us and he's given his life for us. So today I speak to those of you that are willing to lose and lay down their own lives and identify with Christ. And so if you would, at this time, please prepare your hearts um, as we now enter into this, uh, into, the, into this part of the service. Let us pray. <clears throat> Father, we come before you soberly, Lord, and without hesitation. We come boldly before your throne. Lord, you've set forth the way of life through your son, Jesus. Lord, we confess that we've been slow to learn of him, and we have been reluctant to follow him. You've spoken and called to us, but Lord, many times we've not listened. You've revealed your beauty to us, but Lord, we've often been blind. Lord, you've stretched out your hands to us through our friends, but we've passed them by. And Lord, we've accepted your gifts and offered little thanks. But we are unworthy of your unchanging love. And so, Father, we now confess to you our sins, and we ask you, Lord, please forgive us for the poverty of our worship. For the selfishness of our prayers. for our inconsistency and unbelief. Lord, for the way we neglect fellowship and your grace. Lord, for our hesitation to tell others about Christ. Lord, for the way we deceive others. Forgive us, Father, when we waste time and when we misuse the gifts that you've given us. Forgive us for when we have made excuses for the wrong things we've done and when we have purposefully avoided responsibility. 
Forgive us that we've been unwilling to overcome evil with good and that we've not been ready to carry our cross. Forgive us that we've not allowed your love to work through us to help others and that we've not made their suffering our own. Forgive us for those times, Lord, when instead of working for unity, we made it hard for others to live with us because of our lack of forgiveness, our inconsiderate judgment, or our quick criticism. Lord, forgive us for when we've not tried to reconcile with others and when we've been slow to seek redemption. And Lord, we also ask that you would forgive us for these sins that we now silently confess to you. Christ is our Savior, but he's also our Lord. And to be his servant is to consent fully to his will. Christ accepts nothing less. Christ will be all in all or he'll be nothing. So before we pray our covenant prayer together, I do want to give you some next steps to help you make it a reality in your life. Um, so in your bulletin that you were given, we have connect cards in there, but on the back of that connect card, there is a place that says next steps, and you can write these down there if you want. You can just listen. That's fine as well, but I want to make this, before we pray this covenant prayer together, I want you to, I don't want this just to be something that we pray together and we feel good about it for about a month, but I want this to be something as we go into the new year, we walk this out, but the way we walk out something, the way we change a habit is not by stopping a habit. Habits are stopped by replacing them. And so we need new habits as we go into this new year. And so set a time first. Set, set apart some time in your day to spend alone with God. In that, that's reading scripture, that's prayer. If you need, if you're like, I, I, I get it. I know I need to spend time in the Word. I, every time I get there, I'm challenged. We have Bible reading plans in our, in our parlor on top of the piano. It's where the coffee's at. As soon as you walk out these doors and turn left, you can pick up a Bible reading plan. It starts day one, January, right now, today. Pick that up. There's also videos that go along with that that you can watch online. They're done very well. You may say, well, that's not really my style. If you don't need it, that's fine. All I'm saying is don't go without the Scripture in your life. If you're calling, if you're calling yourself Christian, then you need to know what Jesus taught. You need to know what he believed. You need to know what... He taught. You need to take up his yoke and follow him. Secondly, uphold a sober and reverent spirit towards God and his conviction in your life. This year, as we recovenant ourselves to the Lord, when you feel God's conviction on you, when you're watching something, listening to something, saying something, you feel that prick in your spirit, something that goes, you shouldn't have watched that, you shouldn't have said that, you listen to something you shouldn't, have heard. you shouldn't have been listening to that. Someone was gossiping, you should have stopped it. When you feel that conviction, don't just blow that off. Be sober and reverent towards that conviction in your life. Otherwise, we find ourselves later, that conviction comes and it has less and less authority in our life. Pay attention to the Spirit as He speaks to you.
Thirdly, don't trust your own strength and power. Like I said when I began, we can't do this on our own. We need community. Uh, out on the, if, you, if, you, if you don't have Christian community out on the table as you go out these doors to our right, we have our grow group books. Uh, they start up uh, second week of, of January. And so um, on, on, on a Wednesday. And so please find one of those. Find a place to plug in. Find some community because you can't, we weren't meant to live this life alone. God already promised to give you his grace and strength. But guys, we'll wear ourselves out if we try to do this by ourselves. And then fourthly, be determined to be faithful. And this is where you need one other really good person in your life. Um, I have men in my life. I have my wife. Um, my wife helps me with, with some things. And then I have some, uh, some godly men in my, in my life that, that help me with other things. And this is outside of a grow group. This is, guys, I can tell my deepest, darkest secrets to and feel safe with. And so be determined to be faithful. Uh, once you've opened your mouth and dedicated yourself to the Lord with God's power, never go back to your former way of living. And you need to have that person in your life, someone that can say, you know, your breath stinks. You need a mint. But also, hey, I notice this inconsistency in this pattern. Um, every time X happens, you do Y. What's up? And that can't be something you, some, that can't be a person that you barely know. That needs to be someone that you've walked with, you've done life with. It needs to be someone that you'll allow to speak into your life. Someone that you, you take the chip off your shoulder and go, I'll let you speak to me. I'm not going to let everybody speak to me that way, but you can speak to me that way. And so now, would you prepare yourself as, as we renew our covenant with God and, and everyone that's willing. And again, remember, covenant's serious, but it's also, this is done in God's strength and not our own. But if if you're willing, would you please stand and pray this covenant prayer with me? And let us pray together. My righteous God, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, see me now as I stand before you. Forgive my unfaithfulness when I have not done your will. You promise mercy if I turn to you with my whole heart. God requires that you rid yourself of every idol in your life. From the bottom of my heart, I here and now renounce every idol in my life, covenanting with you that I will not commit any known sin. By turning against your will, I have turned my love toward the world. In your power, I will watch for any temptation that will lead me away from you. Through Jesus Christ, God offers to be your God again, if you allow him to be. Before all heaven and earth, I here and now acknowledge you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as my Lord and God. I vow to give all of myself, body, and soul to be your servant and to serve you in holiness and righteousness all the days of my life. Jesus Christ is the only way and means to God. God has given us Jesus as the way and means to salvation. Jesus I here and now accept you and the only new and living way. I join myself in covenant with you. I come to you hungry, sinful, miserable, blind, and naked, unworthy even to wash the feet of your servants. With all my power, I accept you as my Lord and head. I renounce my own unworthiness and vow that you are the Lord, my righteousness. I renounce my own wisdom 
and take you for my only guide. I renounce my own will and take your will as my tutor. Christ has told you that you must suffer with him. Jesus, I here and now make this covenant with you and accept whatever comes in life through your grace. I promise that neither life nor death will separate me from you. God has given holy laws as the rule of your life. I here and now willingly take on your yoke and burden. All your laws are holy, just, and good. I accept them as the rule for my words, thoughts, and actions, promising I will strive to order my whole life around your direction. I will not allow myself to neglect anything I know to be my duty. <coughs> the Almighty God searches and knows you, even the thoughts of your heart. O oh God, you know that we have made this covenant today in sincerity, without deceit or reluctance. If you find anything false in us, guide us and help us to set it right. And now, glory be to you, God the Father. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my God and Father. Glory be to you, God the Son. You have loved me and washed me from my sins in your own blood. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my Savior and Redeemer. Glory be to you, O God, the Holy Spirit. By your almighty power, you have turned my heart from sin to God. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my comforter and guide. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have now become my covenant friend, and I, through your infinite grace, have become your covenant servant. You are mine, and I am yours. So be it. May this covenant that I have made here on earth be ratified in heaven. Amen.